was the man in the suit Who is the cat with the beak Do you really want to feel him Harvey Attorney, habeas corpus Harvey Attorney Harvey Birdman, attorney at last Hello, cartoon fans. Welcome to Generation Tune, presented by the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop. This is your host, Rob Lamley. Here on Generation Tune, I, a Gen Xer, will be joined by my wife, Andrea, a millennial, and our Gen Z daughter, Harper, to watch some of our favorite cartoons spanning the last 40 years. In case you're not familiar with the show, each installment is part of a three-episode cycle where one of the co-hosts presents a cartoon from their generation. We sit down and watch some of the featured cartoon, and then we'll talk about what makes it great, not so great, and whether or not we'd watch more of it in the future. If you like what you hear, please subscribe today and don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, let's head over to the latest episode of Generation Tune. Okay, uh, welcome back, I guess. It's been a while. It has been a while. Um, we the last one we recorded was GI Joe, and uh, it was right as like uh, spring break was happening, mm-hmm. and then we just kind of got well, into the school year. Yeah, we kind of got into the end of the year, end. so things just got really busy. So we are back now, though, down to the summer vacation, and uh, tonight we are going to be discussing Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. <laughs> now this one was Andrea's choice. Um, this is obviously not one she grew up with because it's in the early 2000s. Well, what, what was the, when was the first episode? Well, I'll be happy to tell you here in a minute okay, when, I'm, when I do the history. Okay, um, unfortunately, <laughs> with this one, uh, we have to start way back in the 1960s because obviously Birdman Attorney at Law was not the original yeah. concept for Birdman. So Birdman from Hanna-Barbera ran from September 9th, 1967 until September 6th, 1969 for a total of only 20 episodes as part of a show called Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. Like a lot of cartoons back then, it was an anthology cartoon with Birdman running in the first and last 10-minute segments and Galaxy Trio making up the middle 10 minutes. Now, just to satisfy your curiosity, Galaxy Trio was about three extraterrestrial superheroes, Vapor Man, Meteor Man, and Gravity Girl, who could use their special powers to fight intergalactic crime. So then, the uh, other two segments were Birdman. Birdman was Raymond Randall, who was given the power of the sun by the, by the Egyptian god Ra. This gave him the ability to shoot solar rays out of his fists and create a semi-solid energy shield. Well, we saw him do that in one of the episodes. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, throughout the show, he is given missions by Falcon 7, his eye patch wearing contact with an internation security, the organization he works for. Which has become um, Seven. Yeah, yeah Falcon Seven. seven. Uh, he had two sidekicks, Avenger, his pet eagle, and Bird Boy. Bird Boy is a kid he rescued from a shipwreck who was near death, but Birdman revived him by passing on some of his raw solar powers to the boy. This gave him similar powers to Birdman, but it didn't give him biological wings, so he had mechanical wings instead. So instead of Bird Boy, they called him Peanut? <laughs> the show was a pretty typical superhero show of the time, with a villain of the week usually trying to rob a bank or hold a monument hostage. Nothing terribly violent or really all that exciting. Wait a minute, is that is that, is that a real example? Hold a monument hostage? Well, yeah, it was always like, I'll take over the Eiffel Tower, you know, unless you pay me a million dollars. It's kind of the whole joke of, I, of Austin Powers. I 
definitely pictured somebody holding a knife to like the Lincoln Memorial. Well, yes. it, it's entirely possible. <laughs> like an actual hostage I swear if you situation. Don't me, I will I will make sure that you're like your a, statue like in a, a park switch has no blade hand. the size of a city bus. Okay. Yeah. All right, maybe that was a bad choice of words. Uh, Birdman was created by Alex Toff, a name we've heard before, as he also drew up the designs for the main characters on Thundar the Barbarian. He was also the creator of Space Ghost, Dino Boy in the Lost Valley, and one of my personal favorites, and one we'll be getting to on this show at some point, the Herculoids. <laughs> Birdman cartoons were rerun a lot when I was a kid, uh, so I was pretty familiar with him when Harvey Birdman came along. Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law was actually a spinoff from Space Ghost Coast to Coast. When that show ended its first run, it spun off three shows, The Brack Show, C-Lab 2021, and Harvey Birdman. Harvey Birdman debuted on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim from the premiere of Adult Swim on September 2nd, 2001, and, and ran until July 22nd, 2007, for a total of 39 episodes. It's a reimagining of Birdman, where instead of being a superhero, he is a lawyer who takes on cases involving other cartoon characters from Hanna-Barbera's stable of past shows. The show was filled with pop culture references that required the viewer to have some familiarity with the old shows to fully understand, but since Gen X and elder millennials who had grown up on those reruns were the target audience, the references didn't usually go over their heads. The show was created by Michael Oline and Eric Richter. Oline was the creative director at Cartoon Network starting in 1996 until the mid-2000s and is now the current president of the network. Richter is a screenwriter best known for Harvey, but also wrote on Space Ghost Coast to Coast. The show features a lot of characters from Birdman, namely Avenger, Bird Boy, also known as Peanut, <laughs> his yes. boss Phil Ken Seven, who was Falcon Seven on the original show, and a bunch of Birdman's villains who almost always play the opposing lawyer on the case of the week. Okay, so that's why it became Phil Ken Seven instead of yeah, Falcon. Falcon yeah, Falcon, exactly. Phil Ken Seven. Yep. Nice. Uh, for some reason, the judge on the show is portrayed, well, in the early episodes, the judge is portrayed by Mighty Mitor, another Hanna-Barbera show that was running around the same time as Birdman. The two characters had nothing to do with each other, but Mitor did carry a big magical club, which stands in for the judge's gavel on <laughs> Harvey Birdman. <laughs> what? You mean the powder wig was not a part of his original attire? Uh, it actually looked very similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show just keeps giving. Yeah. Harvey is played by Gary Cole, best known for playing Bill Lumberg in Office Space, and a personal friend of Andrea's family. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> you want to let's fill in the audience on what that is all about. Um, he and my uncle had a they they went to school together. They were very good friends, and so they had a local cable access show together in Rolling Meadows, Illinois. Um, and so, yeah, he was just. He was, he, he was just around, like, all the time. Like, my, my dad is one of eight kids, and so, you know, there's a lot of people to hang out with. And so, yeah, he was just always kind of around. He was kind of like another member of the family, wasn't he? Was, he yeah. was. And that's, that's my understanding. You know, when you have, especially, I, I you know, there... Um, when you have so many people, it's just like you, your house becomes the hangout what, house. Right. And so you're just like, <laughs> and what's one more kid hanging around? Exactly. <laughs> and, and if and if you want to know how <laughs> true that goes, if I can go on a quick side yeah. tangent, um, oh, it all comes back around. Okay, so uh, that side of my family is very, it's very strong, sick sense of humor, theatrical um, as well, theatrical, very theatrical. Yeah. Um, so, when my parents were dating early, it was my mom's birthday, and they were all signing a card for her, and my uncle, Scott, who is the one who's so close with uh, Gary, um, 
just for the hell of it was like there's so many of us so she he signed the card with an extra name he signed Harold right so Harold because no one would notice because she's like there's so many of us no one will notice and so Harold became like kind of like myth within my family so then later when they were doing a they were doing like a video supposed to be like a SNL take but it kind of like touched base on all the members of the family and so when they were doing that they had Gary um in a like a paper lawn and leaf bag mm-hmm. um as Harold, who had been, um, like, traded away as a child. <laughs> and so he's in this bag, and they've got someone else doing um, voiceover, but it's him. He, like, he's in the bag. Oh, I take, I, and then the other thing that he did is, like, to introduce it, like, a SNL-style cold open. He fell down the stairs at my family's <laughs> house and then introduces it. So, yeah, it's so a... So he was the Chevy Chase, sort of. A little bit, but yeah, yeah like um, this. This show just keeps on giving and giving, especially with how we are the how one of the main people who voiced the main character yes. is like basically part of your yeah. family. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just. I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome that you. That yeah, it was him. just well. I and actually funny story. Uh, I mean, obviously the family's bigger now, but at one point I was literally the only person in my family who hasn't met him. Wait, really? <laughs> you still, have you I still, still have not. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. So, my, even well, my... Even, listen, if that ever happens, I better be <laughs> Yeah. Even my brother... Sadly, if it happens now, it's going to be at a funeral. Well, that's um, But even, I think, my brother has met him because, like, as a small <laughs> child, because I remember the last time that... I mean, I'm sure he's been around recently due to lots of deaths in the family um, in the past five years. But it was my grandmother's funeral. I went home or went to like, and they all went out to dinner. And I think my brother was young enough that he couldn't stay back. Gotcha. And of course he was there. Figured, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was funny to me because like at one point it's like, oh yeah, just me. Right. Just me. So basically basically the universe was just like making sure you don't meet him. I think this is, I think this is a Mr. Snuffleupagus situation. (laughs) Where he's not actually a friend of the family, they just tell you he that, just, yes. and you'll never actually meet him. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is a massive group. Actually, yeah. I would be it's a both massive group gaslighting. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And honestly, Fun if this were, family. if that were to be the case, that would be impressive. Like real mad, but kind of yeah. impressed. Right. You guys uh, work together to gaslight uh, me about this? About Gary Cole? <laughs> about Bill Lumberg? <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, I think, it's, I think it's really cool because I love the idea of just kind of this B or C list celebrity being someone that's in your life and you actually could know him. That just seems like... Well, and that's the thing, though, is like B and C-list might be true. That's not true anymore of him. Well, no, no. I mean, that's the funny thing is like... but So therefore, in my house, there's always been this fondness... Right. For anything that he does. Well, yeah, I mean, he was real. Wasn't Nightcaller? Wasn't that his big show where he was the, like the star of the Midnight show? Midnight Caller. Midnight Caller. Midnight Caller, where he was the DJ. And yeah. That that's back when my uncle was still acting some. So he right. every once in a while be Had like, a oh, there's that one. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then American Gothic was a big thing for him too, wasn't it? Well, in that it was a network show in prime yeah. time. It didn't last very long. No, but um, he was the star, wasn't he? Or at least he was. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. But then, I mean, honestly, it, then it became. 
office space, the well, Brady yeah, Bunch, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then true. you know um, Talladega Nights. Yep. Yep. And all this voice stuff. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing. Is like, no, I mean, it doesn't matter what I'm watching. I'll be like, just, oh, that's Gary. It's just wild that I was a big fan of his before I even met you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just thought he was great. So We could honestly, <laughs> we could keep going down rabbit holes with yeah. my yeah. family. Because there's also the, um, uh, my great-grandmother babysat for Orson Welles. What? What? <laughs> So this is another thing that came out at a funeral um, that we had started talking about the Wells lamp. And I was like, what are you talking about? And apparently as like a thank you, there was like a Tiffany style lamp that the Orson Welles family gave to someone in my family. <laughs> this is what, okay, let's keep going. You want to keep okay, doing this? Sure. Why not? Um, is this, is my this uncle, when you have a big family. Yeah. It well, is. and, and be in Chicago. Be in, true. Yes. Northwest suburbs of Chicago. Um, my other uncle, Glenn, um, ended up like he moved out into the northeast. He ended up um renting a house at, on like a on some land, and then was um and the guy he was renting it from was William H Macy's father. Nice. So like William, I, I don't remember if it's Glenn taught William H Macy or William H Macy taught Glenn how to ride a horse. You know the show Shameless. Yeah, I know. the dad. Yeah. As well. yeah. Okay. I, so I mean, there's just all kinds of like crazy. I, I didn't find out a lot of that until uh, again. Unfortunately, I'm finding out a lot of this history because we don't they're know dying off. Anybody in my family? Well, let's see. We were in two very different parts of Illinois. Yes, right. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. fair. Okay, now that we've gotten past the Gary Cole saga yeah. in the Schumacher family, that means I'm only like, like we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I am like, if you want to go by six degrees of Kevin Bacon rules. I'm only like four degrees from some of my favorite people in the world. Yeah, I mean, so many celebrities. <laughs> yeah, Just because of this show alone. Speaking of celebrities, nice little segue there. Do you yeah, like that? Yeah. Okay. There were a lot of celebrity voices on uh, Harvey Birdman, including Stephen Colbert, who had a recurring role as Harvey's boss, Phil Ken Seven. Again, Falcon Seven. And? As well as one of his nemesis lawyers, <laughs> Reducto. <laughs> one of my favorites. He's amazing. He reminds me of the Dean from Community. Yes. But if he, like, went... <gasps> Sli- <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he just went slightly unhinged yeah. and like paranoid. You mean more unhinged. I was gonna say. Yeah, because the dean from Community is so like all over the place, but and also, so upbeat. but in his own head. But in yeah. his own head. Yeah, and that's like, a good analogy. That's a really good. That's ride. that's all I could see whenever I saw this like tiny bald alien with glasses who's awesome. just like pointing a gun at and, everyone. And I here's where like, I will remind you, that man, Oscar winner. Yeah. Oscar winner. <laughs> okay, okay. We also have John Michael Higgins, who has been in Christopher Guest's mockumentaries. Yes. Uh, Lorraine Newman, one of the original Not Ready for Primetime players on SNL. David Keckner from Anchorman. Stand-up comedian Lewis Black. Michael McKeon from Laverne and Shirley. Spinal Tap and Better Call Saul. So also the Christopher Guests. Yes, that's yeah. true too. Luke Skywalker and the Joker himself, Mark Hamill, as well as many no- well-known... That puts you only five <gasps> degrees from Mark it does. That's Oh my god. <laughs> now I have a purpose in life. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I am right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honey. <laughs> uh, there are also many well-known voice actors, like yes. Joe Alasky, the successor of Mel Blanc. Uh, he took on most of the roles of the Looney Tunes character after Blank passed away. Chris mm-hmm. Edgerly, who specialized on the old Hanna-Barbera voices like Augie Doggy, Captain Caveman, and the Funky Phantom. Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche, Pinky and the Brain, respectively. 
D. Bradley Baker, who has been on SpongeBob's SpongeBob, <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, he plays all of the clones on the Clone Wars. He's been on The Last Airbender, and he plays Perry the Platypus. Yes. Well, pretty much, if they need a weird animal noise... Well, that's true, yes. It's him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, we also have Billy West, who has a bunch of roles on Futurama. He's also the Red M&M, and he's been on a ton of other shows. Okay. Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob. Phil Lamar, who was on Mad TV, but also plays on Futurama, uh, Foster's Home, and Baxter Stockman on TMNT Cartoon. Mm-hmm. Tress McNeil, famous for being Dot on Animaniacs and Babs the Bunny on Tiny Toons on a ton of more shows. Oh gosh, so many things. And no list of voice actors would be complete without Frank Welker. Well, yeah. The show went off the air after four seasons, but there was a special called Harvey Birdman Attorney General that aired on October 15th, 2018, where we jump ahead to the future and find Harvey is now the assistant U.S. Attorney General who tries to get his former boss, President Phil Ken Seven, impeached. Dang. There was a Harvey Birdman video game released for the PS2, Wii, and PlayStation Portable in 2008, where you played as Harvey and tried five interactive cases. The game was essentially a Harvey Birdman version of the long-running Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney game. Can we please do a spin-off where we do video games? Like, I want to find that for the Wii. (laughs) Oh, it'd be no problem. You hop on eBay. It's like five bucks. I I looked it up. Uh, The show was released in three volumes of DVDs and can currently be found streaming on HBO Max. There is also a spin-off of Harvey Birdman, Bird Girl, which debuted on April 5th, 2021, and by the time you listen to this, will have started its second season on June 19th, 2022. That show is also created by Olene and Richter, and stars one of my celebrity crushes, Paget Brewster, nice. as Bird Girl, who also voiced the character in seasons three and four of Harvey Birdman. The show follows Judy Ken Seven, the daughter of Harvey's boss, Phil Ken Seven, who fights crime as Bird Girl. When her father is killed in an accident, she has to take over 7 and 7 worldwide, but tries to maintain her crime-fighting career on the side. For today's discussion, because the episodes are only about 10 minutes long, we watched the entire first season of Harvey Birdman for a total of 9 episodes. Mm-hmm. I like that they're like, Phil Ken Seven, who was killed in an accident, a.k.a. hosting one of the largest <laughs> exactly. shows in late night. We couldn't get Stephen Colbert back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. We could get him to yell like he's dying. <laughs> so... That was the history of Harvey Birdman. Again, it goes all the way back to the 1960s, but was reimagined for the 20, well, almost, well, yeah, 21st century. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously we know you loved it. Yes. I I had watched the first season, and I think that was about it. Um, at that time, I was, I was old enough to be working a full-time job, and I had other things going on, so I didn't really get to watch many... I, I watched Adult Swim, but I didn't get to watch it, like, religiously. Right. So, I, I didn't had... either at that time, but I also know that, like, that was also leading up to um, my brother's transplant, so he was in real bad shape. So, mm. a lot of times, I'm like, I know my mom and brother liked Birdman, too, because yeah. it was something they could watch together, and it was funny for both of them. Um And I think that was also my, like, introduction into it was like, oh, well, this is something my brother likes. I should watch it, too. And then, gotcha totally adored it yeah. obviously yeah. about the part where like they both found it funny I think that's one of the things I really like about it is the fact that mm-hmm. it can play into so many people's different humor where it could be really smart and witty humor but also be very chaotic and out and all over the place humor. yeah and very physical and very goofy well. too yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Harper obviously you had never watched had you even heard of it before I've, we sat down and I've watched heard it? of it and it was and the only time I've heard of it is whenever I'm like watching people review like or talk about adult swim shows gotcha. and they t- and they like they would mention 
oh, this humor is similar to Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, or they will mention like, um, or they will mention like su- other superhero cartoons, and Harvey Birdman would show would like pop up. Gotcha. And so I didn't know him any more than just the name. But I've always thought, like, Harvey Birdman, attorney at yeah, law, I mean, just the, that little the add-on was just, like, funny. weird. I'm like, yeah. why is he being associated with superheroes, but also humor <laughs> lawyer. and lawyers? Right. So did you like it? I did. Okay. I really liked it. It kind of, in the first episode, it kind of caught me off well, guard. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> you were just like, what is going on? <laughs> well, because on top of that, like... We had to, ex- well, we had to, because the first yeah. one covers um, a custody battle um, for Johnny Quest. Which I have, I've heard of him. Between Ray Spannon and Dr. Quest. Yes, <laughs> for Johnny and the other kid, which no one ever, uh, Raji? Or, I, I don't remember. That's that's kind of the joke. That's that is well, that, was, that joke. was literally one of the jokes well, is that no one is, could remember is the kid's that name. and the fa- well and but like part of the other funny part was that you know what is it Doctor Quest couldn't, couldn't remember, remember his own yeah kids. they couldn't even remember what they I think looked it's like Raja I don't know it doesn't matter. It, it, yeah it's fine it, yeah but yes so um, so yeah I mean we had to go through and explain to Harper on almost almost every episode like what these characters were and why this well, is funny. Well, yeah, sometimes, because, like, then we, we, I mean, fortunately, Shaggy Gets Busted was pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, because you'd watch Scooby-Doo. I've, I've definitely watched Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And, and you all, know... It's, it's one of the... It's, and you it's know one what of the cannabis cart- is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the cartoons that I'm hoping we talk about is, um... Mystery Incorporated. It's on the list. Okay, Absolutely. because yeah. because it is a because in my opinion, from what I've watched of Scooby Scooby Doo, it is the best rendition of Scooby Doo by far. Hundred percent. Like I so, not, yeah. I'm so yeah. I, I'm very aware of Scooby Doo. So that one was easy for me. Okay. Um, there with you, Johnny with with Johnny okay. Quest. That was like um that was one that I have heard of and I think I've seen clips of online. Right. I just never sat knew, down and watched I just, it. I just never knew the entire story. And that's, you know what, that's fair, because even when I was a kid, it wasn't really running anymore. Yeah. I don't know that I've watched maybe more than two or three episodes of the show. Like, I knew just enough, I mean, when I first watched Birdman, I knew just enough context to know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, but Well, plus our experience with Venture Brothers kind of helps oh, play well, into yeah, that as true. well. That's yeah. true. Um, I, I but also... we did have to explain to you what the Sopranos were when we got to the yeah. Gabadon. Not yeah. that what the Flintstones were, no. but that we're like... Oh right! This is like a shot for shot yeah. of the beginning of the. Sopranos. I also, I'm, I also, un, I also because it's because it, the internet. I also understood most of the Godfather references. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's the internet. Yeah, those. and those yeah. are all over the place. Right. right. My right. favorite thing about the first episode that is just personally funny to me is the fact that the two like main guys were acting like uh, like a gay married exactly. couple. Yes. Well, that's the yeah. point. Yeah. Yes. It's very much a Burton Ernie situation. Well, yeah, and the, but and the I other the other thing that also was um again it like kind of shows when the show came out and then also when the show was representing is like they kind of had to dance around saying yeah. they were a couple. Yeah. Especially in Cartoon Network. I mean, uh-huh. I realize it's the adult swim block, yeah. but they still couldn't really But fortunately because of when the characters are from, like it's not that jarring of them ignoring it, right? Exactly. Because it plays, it plays into, into the, the 60s, whole like, oh, it's the sixties. No, mentality. they're just friends. Yeah, they're roommates. colleagues, but they're yeah. still, yeah. but they're still going, but they're still like, ma- like making jokes about it, like yes. while exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which the way that they implied it was honestly really good because because a lot of shows did this. Um, back then, sometimes they still have to do it, where they will heavily imply it, 
but the sh- but the showrunners cannot cancel it or cannot say anything about it because they just have to go. Oh, but they're just friends. Gravity Falls. Yeah. With the two cops. Oh yeah. You know. I yeah, love those two. I know. I, I know. Me so too. <laughs> but yes, even even today they have to sometimes dance around that. Mm-hmm. Oh, but this I, was again. I'm gonna 20 have so much ago. stuff to yeah. say when we get to Owl House. My well, God. I, I know. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, even even twenty years ago, they still had to dance around it because it wasn't really. And honestly, the way they danced around it was really funny it, to yeah, me. Well, it was clever, and I mean, obviously, the writers and everyone involved here was is ver- are very funny people. Very clever as well. Because I have a feeling I obviously don't know this, but I have a feeling that these scripts were very loose. I mean, you can't tell me Stephen Colbert didn't occasionally improv riff. go off the rails. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that's that the thing. Of, a, lot, a lot of those ca- the, the cast is a lot of improv yes. people. So I mean, so yeah, I'm sure. I would loose. love to just i I would die for like behind the scenes taping well, of lines. It might be on the D- DVDs. We have the first volume, first two volumes, first season. I don't remember. I get my of the era. I get my Colbert comedies mixed up because I can't remember how much I own of Strangers with Candy versus how much I own of. I know you have all of Strangers with Candy because it it came in one complete set. (laughs) It's a trapper keeper. Yes, whereas Birdman I know came in separate volumes. Three. Yeah, three of them. Which I want to say we have at least volume one. Okay. So anyway, Um, so yeah, then we had the Scooby Doo episode, which killed me. I mean. it's, I loved it's it. So well, and one of the things that's really great about this show and that was kind of jarring, but it's kind of, I don't know, indicative of Adult Swim, kind of, is like in that the Shaggy Gets Busted episode, all of a sudden it goes to a um, real actors in a dash cam for yeah, the, for the police that. truck. <laughs> and so like that, he has, walks up like he's pulling him over like and cops. it's an actual, yeah, like yeah. cops. And so, but then it goes right back to animated. Right. Yeah. I love it. But I feel like that, again, I feel like that was common for Adult Swim at the time, that they would kind well, of yeah, make those they did jumps. With, well, I mean, Space Ghost was basically that. It was yeah, animation it was, and It was live. a person in a green screen studio. Yeah, so, yeah, it's That's not true. surprising that they would do that. But then they also did it later with Birdman. Remember? They go live <laughs> action. <Soda Camp. gasps> yeah. What? Wait a minute, what'd you say? Basically, there was a scene where they were making fun of, like, um, like, what was it like sponsorships and like mm-hmm. marketing and stuff and, so he's and then suddenly on the beach. and suddenly suddenly they just <clears> have like a a picture of like some random like soda um soda company and then they cut to a shot with a real actor in a birdman costume and then someone in a giant soda like costume and they're just making this entire scene like romanticized yeah they're running on the to beach to make fun to make fun of sponsorships <laughs> Is that one of the ones we watched? Yeah. Yes. Now I'm worried I dozed off. Cause, or or both of you did. Because I don't remember that. I specifically yeah. remember it because because it was so random and out of place from the from the, the rest, rest of it. Because like it happened. Because like they were in the bar, which they usually do. But then that entire scene just happened where they were joking was, about sponsorships, and then it continued right? with the case. I'm like wanna, what? I want to say it was Tab. <gasps> right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. That was an old. I, I would, that was a real thing. Tab cola it was an fake. actual. No, I know. <laughs> no, tab was a real soda. Yeah, it just it, looked, it died out long it before looked, you were it born. It looked so fake. Yeah. So yes. So I mean, the, it was just the idea that they would do that was mm-hmm. very progressive at the time. I mean, that was pretty right. wild, you know. Right. Nobody especially really been doing that. Especially 
I don't know. Just thinking about it from, like, it's a 10-minute show. Yeah, they took <laughs> and the you, time. And you took the time. Probably to two get, minutes. To take something that looked like the mystery machine and rent that car yeah. and make the... Yeah. You also so You much. also took the time to, to put make act, a tab costume. To make a tab costume. A Birdman to, to bird costume. costume. Go to the... Imagine being on the beach and you just <laughs> see this. Because, you know, they probably had to do... An hour's worth of takes oh to get God. what they wanted. Imagine, imagine you're just you're just trying to have a fun time at the beach, and um, you see you see a man with wings, like having a romanticized scene with a soda can. It's For amazing. the record, all future trips to the beach that I ever make will now have that bar to live up to. So that's never happening. So, um, Andrea, I know your favorite episode is Dabadon. Uh, Yo Dabadon or whatever it's called. Honestly, I it's get called it. the Dabadon. The Dabadon, right? And the, that is the, the Flintstones, Sopranos, mob. mob knockoff, you know, joke. <sighs> and it does have a lot of great references. It does. It does. Um, you're. I mean, when we first got together, the line you were constantly quoting was, "You're dead to me, can opener." <laughs> I will still say it. I know. I know. I just don't say it out loud as much. It's, it gets it, looks. Yeah, it is really funny. Um, it's definitely one of the highlights. Uh, so many, like I loved. I want to make a a, a, a dab a do shirt, Let's like out it. of the bada bing yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. Yes. <laughs> the strip club instead of the yeah, bada bing. It's the dab a do. Uh, that's from Sopranos. The bada bing is the strip club they hung out in. With the, well, there's the multiple like references to um, the Godfather. Yes. There was oh yeah, not that's what one, I was talk not about. two, but three decapitated heads in yes. Um <laughs> Starting with. Uh, Oh, who's the... I can't remember the name of the horse. Uh, uh, Quick Draw McGraw. That's the horse. Okay. Yeah. And then you had Jabberjaw. No, Jabberjaw was the last Jabberjaw one because it talks one? back. Oh, right, right, yeah. I don't oh, remember yeah. who the second one was. I don't remember either, but it was hilarious. Yes, because three times in the same <laughs> ten minutes, and because, for some reason it was funny well, every time. It's funny because Harvey doesn't understand that Fred is a mob boss. He has to keep being, like, reminded. Like, right. Right. Whoa. Well, but then again, I mean, sorry guys, spoilers for this twenty-year-old episode. <laughs> but at the end, we find he was right. Right. He's not the boss. Yeah. He just keeps getting hit. Barney's on the, head. the. Yeah. Yeah. That too. But Barney's, Barney's the, the boss. real boss. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, that one had a ton of great um, references to mob I also, movies. I also love how he had a, like a caveman-looking like um, sweatshirt. Yes. Like, like he was yeah. wearing the entire time <laughs> yes. instead of his regular attire. Yeah. That was yeah. hilarious. Well, the, the regular was sticking out from the right. bottom. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's all, that's the other thing. Um, the, the the other thing I love about that episode is that they rewrite the Sopranos theme and the very uh-huh. for the and so the very end of it is you got no pants or shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of you got yourself of a, a gun. gun. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's a perfect 11 minutes. It is, it is great. It is hilarious. Um, I will say, though, that I think the last episode was one of my favorites. The two-parter? No, the last episode. Not the two-parter where we where he dies or whatever it was. He goes to jail. Yeah. And he almost dies, but then he yeah. but then everyone's just <laughs> it's like, a big it's a big joke. birthday party. Right. And it's he's like, I've been in jail for five years. Five years. No, um, was, I can't remember what the last one was, but it had a very Venture Brothers vibe to it. Like, the whole time I was watching it, I kept thinking, 
this feels like a Venture Brothers episode. I swear the last two episodes are the two-parter. So are you thinking of the one with the show-you-weenie? Show no, <laughs> but that is a great one as well. Uh, we should definitely talk about that one. It's also okay. We should also say that much like a lot of these cartoons... There are some maybe questionable things, things that, were that have said not aged and done. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. like things that have aged like milk. So, <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about the uh, what was the show? Show you, show you weenie. Yeah, the Japanese man, show you weenie. <laughs> Keeps on doing this. Yeah, that every time someone says it, Harvey covers his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he's the one saying it, show you weenie. Yeah, that killed me. Um. Also, the kid that kept on like biting his wing and like trying to and like crawling. Well, the one that was the just one like starving. The, well, you yeah. know, and and it is also like becomes way too attached to Harvey because yeah. like at one point he's asking questions and the kid's doing flips up the yeah. side like a toddler, <laughs> like, like Ash did. Oh, absolutely. Like our son did. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it just like it, all of a sudden he's just like naturally just taking care of his kid, like while everything else is going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, that one was great. I wish they'd had more with uh, Jabberjaw, though, and their, their band, the Neptunes. I uh-huh. wish they had, like, two lines, and then they were gone. But that was a really great one, too. No, the last one is X the Exterminator, where the X the Eliminator <gasps> I was keeps trying to that. kill Harvey, but he's, like, too nice. Right. <laughs> That's right, because he had a very 20... I think... 21, I, 24 vibe from Venture. Yes, yes. Yes. Th- but, but it even felt like uh, uh, Monarch. Because he's like a really inept, yes, you know, yes, bad yes, yes, guy, yes. and so he and then Harvey Birdman is just like completely ignoring him, just like Venture always did, uh-huh. you know, in the early episodes. I so. think my favorite part of that entire thing is when the ex the Eliminator or Exterminator, <laughs> yeah. is um he's he's trying to kill Harvey with this large like death, death ray, ray, yeah, and. While Harvey is trying to continue with his case that he has, he decides to grab a child and use it as a meat shield. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That's right, even going so far as chaining the kid to him. Yeah. Wrapping it around and like, him. And, well, and, he, and told, he was like ducking and just like, stay, no, stay right there. <laughs> like, yeah. The other thing that I loved about that that I feel like was underrated is the fact that every time he tries, he's got to wheel this, this massive giant panel console. in and then it has to warm up. Well, Yes. Every time and then that he has he, to find a plug. Yes. <laughs> oh, is that three prong? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has to, he has to adjust things by like going to a shop and like asking. Yeah, for... he keeps blowing tubes because yeah. it's an old technology from like thirty years ago when he originally tried to kill Barbie right, Birdman. Right, right. And then, so, yeah, and, then of course, and then of course, then of course, there was a scene where there's just a giant red X in front of like yeah. the stand, the witness stand. <laughs> And 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 Harvey's like going up to it. He looks over and it's just X just sitting next to it, reading a magazine, like looking up and then looking back down. But, but then he has to avoid the X because that's X marks the spot. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like leaning over it to hand a file. Uh-huh. And he keeps on looking back and like it's it's just yeah. That was my favorite one because it felt like a Ventures Brother episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it just killed me. That was my favorite. one. I always I loved the rapport of like the friendly villain and hero like they hate each other but at the same time they get along on the battlefield well, and everything wait until you <laughs> watch venture because oh like that's God. that's why that's why whenever i watched like the lego batman movie and it was the joker and uh-huh. batman like having this rapport like that was so funny to me and is so great oh. so whenever this episode showed up 
and they were like, and well, and they like, like had coffee together. They, or, you know, they, they were, were planning, planning to have coffee together. <laughs> yeah. And Harvey, like, he came back. Well, he's he, like, "Sorry, I forgot my briefcase." And he's like, "Oh, silly you!" Yeah, like, right. it was hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we need to talk about Peanut. Title <laughs> of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peanut killed me. Just because when Peanut is when he's got the Angela necklace yeah. when he's the monster. Yeah. Who, do you, who do you want? Is yeah. it him? Is it him? You want me to kill him? I also I also love how Peanut like he will sometimes just speak in a normal voice like his normal voice yeah. and then other times he would just speak in a low yeah. whisper. Or, or yeah, he's like scheming. Or the best part is when he walks in, it's just fluent in Japanese right. yeah. <laughs> for the showy weenie one where he's yeah. just like. There's also there's also like there's also times where like he'll just act like a regular teenage boy because there's one time in the X in the X the Exterminator one, mm-hmm. X is like across the street and could see them yes. through the window and he just goes screw it I'm gonna moon him yeah and that's, that's, right, that's just in the background <laughs> of the scene it's just, just his wiggling butt, his butt yeah. in the window yeah um I also loved the the rivalry he had with Avenger the oh, actual yeah. eagle that does all the <laughs> typing and. <laughs> the eagle sometimes typing and then there was one whole episode where every time Avengers in the scene he's just tracing his feet yeah. with a red crayon. I don't know why. That was the that was the see you the I can't remember what it's called. Show you weenie. Show you weenie episode. There's yeah also, he's just tracing his foot also, for some reason. One of my favorite ones was like it was Harvey like walks into his office and is like I think he's getting prepared to go talk to his boss and Peanut is like has this giant like like ball of spikes and he's trying to like attach them yeah he puts he puts like a squirrel in there (laughs) right he's putting all the spikes on like this massive wrecking ball and then through the rest of the episode it would just swing through the background Yeah, and I don't know what the squirrel is all about. Why is there a squirrel in the spiked ball? Here's the best part: is like I don't remember later episodes, but it probably comes back. back. Yeah, well, it's like the bear. Oh yeah, just randomly shows up. There's just a bear that randomly shows up in some scene, like in in the spike ball scene when he's putting that together. The bear helps lift him up, (laughs) and then just disappears. Yeah, and then yeah. Then at the end, where like all the characters are doing that, like that classic like laughing together the bear yep. just shows up and he's just clapping he's just clapping everybody's just waiting well, for the, him yeah because that's it everybody else stopped yeah, and, and he's, he's the last clapping. one clapping and he's like oh wait and he puts his hands down very but awkwardly. he claps for I was gonna he claps yeah. for a very long time he shows, oh, yeah. he, sh- he shows up multiple times and also speaking of the long clap scene there are so many scenes in this show where it is a mix of very quick shots where it like the camera like switches very quickly and there's also very long shots where it's the same position but the character's doing something, and, like, it just very slowly stops. Well, that or the, it does the whole, um, which Family Guy does this really well sometimes, but it's, like, it goes on too long and stops yes. being funny, but then keeps then going and comes back around to, to being be funny. funny again because of how long it has taken. Peanut, I, Peanut has got to be my favorite. Like, he's one of my favorite characters because of the fact that um, that he will, like, switch from Harvey's team on a dime. Oh, yeah. Like, He's ready to stab him like, in the back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. in the, like, in the, uh, like, in the episode where, um, where, in the two-parter where Harvey goes to jail, mm-hmm. basically, like, he, um, he drops all of, like, Harvey's gear, the gear that looks like Harvey's, and just puts on the new guys, like, the guy who got Harvey's promotions uh, gear on. Blue Falcon. Yeah, Blue Falcon. 
Which, and then, and then in the Dabadon episode, he's he's he's, try, he's trying to help. He's trying to help. He's just trying him. to get a spot in the mob. Yeah, yeah. He's just like trying he is to, yeah. kissing up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's also you see him in his normal uniform once, and then from then on, he's wearing like, like a track velvet tracksuit yeah. and yeah. chains, and <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. also he's also but always with the bird cowl. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the fake wings. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I like to think that he just can't like he he loves the fake wings and he loves that stuff even though he won't even though he's not on Harvey's side he's just gonna use it to yeah, mess with him. It's like coincidental. Almost. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's totally in it for himself, and mm-hmm. but that's what kills me. And the fact that he's called Peanut yeah. instead of Bird Boy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You could have, they could have chosen any <laughs> generic name for this side character, perfect. but they chose Peanut. Yeah, perfect. it is great. I the this the comedy in this is just I love it. It is perfectly for me. Like I just cannot get over. It's almost like it was written for me. I also mm-hmm. I, I love the um, two parter simply because of the scenes. Like I love I love the first part of the two part. The second part was just mostly Harvey in jail. The, the two parter, by the way, is called Dedo Mutt. Oh yeah, Dedo Mutt. Yeah. But like, um, I liked I liked the first part simply because of simply because of the boss and the new blue in Blue, blue Hawk, Falcon. Yeah. Blue Falcon. Sorry. Um, just the rapport and like how oh, they yeah. spoke. <laughs> I just remember there was one time where. The boss was like, God, I love your accent. And he just whispers, bye, curious. <laughs> like, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This is, that is where, like, Phil Ken Seven kind of goes off the rails. Yeah. Where he's got a lot more, like, kind of non sequiturs, like, just spouting shit. Yeah, and again, that is definitely a Stephen Colbert added line. I guarantee it. Somehow, as a part of the series, though, I think we got to go down to TV Funhouse at some point. Oh, absolutely. So that... I would love to do that. Yeah. The ambiguously gay duo. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is me and most of my friends. <laughs> the the Dedo Mutt, the two-parter, was really funny for me because I loved Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt when I was a kid. And so to see them get, you know, this the Harvey Birdman treatment was really great. Um, especially the way Dino Mutt is uh, killed in he's the copying killed. machine. <laughs> no, the printer. No, no, he's killed in the copier. But we also have to bring up the fact that he was a printer, right? And he's just <laughs> he's shitting pieces of yeah. paper, just streaming just out of his ass, squatting <laughs> on a desk. Doesn't yeah. even look like the actual an actual printer. It's just him just sitting, yeah, and squatting yeah. on a desk, yeah. Yeah. just shitting uh, paper. Yeah, seriously, this show. Okay. We know it's great. We know it's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, one thing that I really appreciated, uh, the art style is very 1960s. It's very simple lines. Love it. You know, but what I loved is that we always saw a little bit of a like side story of like what happened to bring the case to Harvey, and they always went with the original show's aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, Scooby-Doo or Johnny Quest or, mm-hmm. well, you know, something. Yeah. What? Well, Scooby Doo wasn't exactly the original because they did that live action scene. Well, no, but they did do some. They did in the in when the, the when they were when talking they were... about the case. They had like scenes from the actual cartoon. Yeah, when they're playing. driving along and yeah, and they would add audio to make it like sound right. like they're all high. <laughs> but I loved that concept of using the original show's aesthetic rather than just Harvey's aesthetic. Oh yeah, I thought that was really I, clever I think, and really cool. I think cool. one of the ones that like stuck out to me was what was what was the one with the bear, the two bears. That one, like it the was... two oh, bears, yeah, uh, Yogi and oh, yeah, Yogi, Boo-boo. yes, where the the picnic, the eco terror, <laughs> yeah, 
the 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 boo-boo the, the bomb bomber. Yeah. The that one bomber. that yes. one was so Unabomber. funny because of because of the cuz like in the my point is that basically um when they first showed up the scenery and the backgrounds and everything look look like how it was in the original show yeah. which I have seen like clips and and mm-hmm. uh, screenshots of and like and then of course it puts in the people who are more in the Harvey Birdman like almost mm-hmm. style where it looks he's got like similar a little bit cleaner build. and yeah, yeah. cleaner mm-hmm. uh, wasn't like didn't have that like same lines and right. color work like throwing a <laughs> throwing like what was it like the, a the grenade a grenade yeah. into the cave yeah. like it was just funny yeah but yeah I loved that mix of style and the way that they referenced the old show without you had to have known the old show's aesthetics to some extent. to some extent but I do feel like it did a good job of like again there are many things that I had no frame of reference for when I first watched this but it ex- it gives you enough that you don't need to know everything about it. I'm not saying all the humor and all the story. I'm talking about purely the aesthetic. Well, okay, okay, you yeah, know, I get you. I get I you. Also, now. now you're right, though. Even the comedy, it but, helps to know more, but it's, but not, it's not required, required. and no. which just becomes that much more impressive when you again remember this was ten minutes. Yeah, this is ten minutes, and you've given me enough to go on that I know this older property. I'm going to enjoy this current property, yeah. and it's going to. St- literally stick with me for years yeah yeah it's also good because like it although most of it you would have to have known the older stuff it still gives you a basic information of the characters and who they are as people and their personalities or at least or at least key components in their personalities for you to understand like how they could be in this situation right like with um with dabadon Although I haven't seen that much of the Flintstones, I used I I still remember bits and pieces. Um, they still gave you the key like components of uh, Fred's personality mm-hmm. to make the story like compelled more, and so that right. way people who don't know the Flintstones very well can still know. Oh, he's this type of guy, which might lead him to wanting to do this. Right. <laughs> like, but and then just to add to that, another layer of that is when he's talking about what he does for a living. He's talking about construction mm-hmm. and building uh, materials, and he worked at a rock quarry. And you would know that if you watched the Flintstone, mm-hmm. Flintstones when you were a kid. And so that just adds to the comedy. Yeah. Like, oh, it makes that is something right. that a mob boss would be into is construction materials because you can inflate the prices and you yeah. know. And so I mean, it just adds to the comedy if you know it, have a deeper understanding oh, of the yeah. shows. So I mean, that's great. That's brilliant, and that's that's how it should have been. So I'm I love that aspect. With a lot of shows now who, like, try to bring back older series, a lot of people who grew up on those series complain that they are focused, they're either focused too much on introducing a newer audience to this series and, like, leaving all of the old components of the mm-hmm. other series, or they're too focused on getting other people who grew up on this series back, and it's not leaving the new... It's the, alienating. It's not, it's alienating the newer generation, the people who are learning about this. Right. So I like how... Her, Okay, someone has to point out the irony in what you're saying, considering we are sitting amongst so much Star Wars stuff, and what you are describing is basically the Star Wars trajectory. Yes, it is. (laughs) And fandom. Like... That's I mean, an exception. I don't know if you were trying to like Kaiser Soze and stuff <laughs> by just looking around at what you see and just calling it out, but I appreciate it. What I mean it. is that like 
there are some, like, I'm sure this will happen when I'm older, is that there's going to be someone who wants to, like... They're going to redo My Little Pony re- for every generation. Oh, yeah. And, like, a lot of people are going to complain because it's leaving a bunch of, like, new component like components from the older show that made it great. Right. And so Harvey Birdman is able to combine both the newer generation, the people who don't know about these shows or don't know about Harvey Birdman... And give some context for it, while the people who did, who do know these cartoons and do know Harvey Birdman and do know all of this, can also enjoy it. And what's great about that is that it took the old shows and just like Harvey, reimagined them, recontextualized them, so that it's, again, if you know the backstory or the lore of the original show, it's even funnier now to think about Fred Flintstone as a mob boss. I know? also, I also like the fact that it gives these cartoon characters, like, they put them kind of into our world. Like, Harvey Birdman is now an attorney at law. Right. Instead of a superhero. Yeah. Um, X the X, the Eliminator is, like, just a basement dweller trying yeah. to find his best way to get money. Right. Like, there's a bunch of cartoon characters who are, um, who are either, like, who are either, like, just kind of continuing with their cartoon bit, but they're able to, like, but they have to abide by certain laws and everything, yeah. and they're Putting it, putting them all into our situation, into yeah. our world, and turning it into more comedic and funny. And yep. like, well, they're not afraid to turn the lens back on themselves right. and it's, make fun of it. It's part of the reason Mystery Incorporated became so, so well. funny. Or, or like when when you were younger, there was also Barbie's Dream House. Yes. Oh yes, I Love mean that that's show. the thing is like that's to me the way these things tend to make it is to be able to poke fun at what it was allows it to grow further. And really, this show and other Adult Swims shows were kind of the first to really do that with a lot of Gen X properties, like. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino kind of started the idea. Kevin Smith had some Star Wars conversations in his earlier films, but this was like the first real mainstream thing that everyone could watch, you know, whether you were, I mean, just a fan of cartoons, you'd watch it, that was really self-reflective like that, that Mm -hmm. I can remember. There's probably other examples. There might be others, but I get what you're saying because, again, they did it with this, they do the whole C-Lab, they do, you know what I mean? Even Space Ghost. Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, yeah. very self-reflective. So, yeah, it's... And so, I mean, to me, I think this is very influential because of that. It is. It's interesting to me to revisit these kind of things for me because every, all of my, like, all my cartoons I remember fondly, it's, or even just shows from me growing up, it's like I can very clearly draw lines as to how my sense of humor was. Sure was created. Oh, same. Yeah. That's, that's why, that's why I wanted to talk about Gravity Falls so early in our podcast is because, like, that was a show that greatly influenced who I am as a person and who, and what I find funny and what I find inspirational and everything. But think about that. You're saying that right now as a 14 year old. (laughs) So, like, there's going to be so many more things that are going to influence the way. Oh, yeah. I can already think of But the other thing is, is that Gravity Falls compared to some of the things that like I that were around that I was watching actually has a lot of like seriousness to it and yeah. weight to it and like yeah that's I don't know if you noticed but <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I like is a little lighthearted and escapist yeah. well, and, and absurdist and I mean we've already watched GI Joe and real Ghostbusters and Thunder from we've my already generation. Talk, we've already talked yes. about it was all how, escapist it, we well it was how, all capitalism well there's that yeah. true that that's true too but. we already talked about how like your guys's cartoons that you guys grew up with are like a lot more not all of them but a lot of them are more 
or more episodic with a greater story that pieces that like that is that is more just like the basic plot. That there really was no greater story. That's True. just it. Well, it, it was... but the other thing to consider is at least while we're talking about this is that that's kind of what you're seeing with what we're focusing on because that's what resonated True. with us because I want to say around this same time or close to it is when you had like Batman the animated series mm-hmm. which was way more well, like that was earlier but yes. But okay, the, the same 90s. general time frame. Yeah, same decades. And it just everything. wasn't it 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 wasn't anything that caught my interest at the time, but I know a lot of people like I've considered going back and watching it now cuz I know a lot of people talk about how amazing it was. Yeah. But yeah, like it, these more episodic, more like for your flavor for, of the week. It's it's yeah. a, it's a single episode that has Monster of the very little as impact compared on to the next. how my generation, a lot of people my age grew up with cartoons who had a big great greater story mm-hmm. where it was a mix of drama of action and like of like a bunch of sad like really sad and yeah. traumatic mm-hmm. parts for the characters but mean. also it's... funny and comedic ones that all fit together and so it's why i was like so interested when this when we thought of this podcast because it was interesting because i'm like i know you guys well dealt with a lot of episodic stuff i had dealt with a lot of more cartoons that had a more serious theme where the story connected right and everything and so i was well, very excited to it's talk interesting about you it. mentioned this because a lot of that uh, concept for television is because of The Sopranos. Really? Yeah. I mean, that was a very influential show that mm-hmm. had a lot of that aspect to it. So, yeah. it's funny, we're just kind of coming back around <laughs> well, to... Well, and, and X-Files, too. That's true, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. But, um... And probably many other things that we're just... Well, yeah, about. I'm sure. But one thing that, um... that I, I think will be really interesting to watch you over the next few years is to see how... Gravity Falls influences the things that you're going to watch later. Just like Mom's talking about how these shows influenced her sense of humor, are you going to look at some shows and be like, it's not as good as Gravity Falls? Or it's not as... This isn't connecting with me because I would prefer something more like Gravity Falls. Or I also could go through the route of, oh, this is exactly what I... like." Because, I mean... I could admit that some of my favorite cartoons aren't perfect and I don't like every oh, single sure. aspect. So maybe I could either also, I could also find a cartoon that I'm like, this is what I wanted from Gravity Falls. This is more of what sure. I wanted from Gravity Falls. This isn't, this is, this is like, I think my new favorite cartoon because my taste could change. And right. My, and sure they will. will. They will yeah. evolve and grow. Yeah. A lot of the uh, cartoons I have on my list have a theme that I feel like only I could really recognize if I, if like... I put them all together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, That's not a big mystery, honey. <laughs> that and also that and also a lot of the cartoons that I like have a more foresty nature theme and they mm-hmm. are and a lot of them deal with um which is ironic because I don't go outside much. But <laughs> And in fact, straight up freaked out last night when Cottage Core came into our room. There was a frog on our wall. We don't know how it got there. I love people, but I hate gatherings. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I I'm, I really liked Harvey Birdman because of the fact that it could bring both the old, like, both the people who grew up with these, with these cartoons and the people who haven't together to enjoy this one cartoon. And maybe on different levels and for different reasons. Yes. But either way, it was still funny. Either mm-hmm. way, it was still funny, mm-hmm. comedic. Yeah. It was, yeah. either way, it was still an enjoyable show. Absolutely. I am very happy that this was your choice. Um, I'm really looking forward, because I know you've said soon we're going to do C-Lab 2021. 
I we have to do Space Ghost at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean I that know. one. You well, want to talk about influential? Well, and I kind of feel like we should do Space Ghost and Brack Show together. I, I agree, but yeah. but I mean we will definitely be getting to Space Ghost. That one is way too influential to not get to at some point. Oh yeah, and I haven't watched those in a long time. Now that was a show I actually like. I taped it on VCR. God, what's, what's that, Grandpa? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I actually taped that. That was when uh, Ben and I lived together back when, in Champagne days in the in the, my early twenties. We would record it. <laughs> For we the would... record, Champagne, Illinois. It, that sounded no, way yeah. fancier. Not in my Champagne and Caviar in my days. Champagne days <laughs> taping cartoons, <laughs> ladies. But, yeah, um, back in my early twenties. I mean, like we'd go out to the bars, but we would set the VCR to record Space Ghost. You guys were the cutest couple. Well, I know, <laughs> but it was a great show. I mean, I loved that show. So, okay. Well, I guess that probably wraps up Harvey. I think we all agree that it was hilarious. I would definitely continue. I, I honestly am considering continuing like watching it because I mean, they're only ten minutes long. It's only ten minutes, and also, and also, and there's it's only such what did a- I see like. 39 episodes? Yeah, there's 39 episodes. Yeah. So it's, you're, you're it's talking a, a few great, hours, get it out of the it's way. It's a good show, Seven and hours. I would love to see... Because, like, the, another thing I like about it, just a quick thing, is that <laughs> it it has, like, a different case for different cartoons. Like, with... Like, there well, was yeah. a custody battle, there was a copyright. Uh-huh. Well, because like, it's not that... It, it's really not that hard for them to, like... I mean, I know that there's a lot more layers that make the fact that Fred was a mob boss, but... You could also kind of just watch the Flintstones and be like, "What's going on with this guy?" Because I know it was it was you know the honeymooners basically, right? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Yes, very good show. Very happy we watched it. Cannot wait to get uh, further into adult swims. Ten would recommend. Yes, <laughs> yes. exactly. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, folks. Um, this was a very thank fun you. episode. Uh, we will be back next time with Harper's next pick, which she's already chosen what it is. What's it going to be? Um, Craig of the Creek on Cartoon Network. It is a show that I uh, recently fell in love with, and I'm very excited to talk about um, the aspects I love about it and how I came to figure out this show. And I'm really interested in this one because Andrea and I have not watched any of it. So we will be watching it for the first time. It is, it's not like Adventure Time or it is a very, Gravity it's a Falls newer, where we've watched It's a newer cartoon some. for Cartoon Network. Not like super new, but... Um, and it's one that I definitely think is worth a watch. Okay. So I'm well, very excited for when we we're can looking talk forward about to it, it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hope you, hopefully you will join us next time on Generation Tune. Yay. <laughs>